The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. To a psychedelic legit bat. You got Mike Brinkatelli from Mikeadelic Podcast on. He is a connoisseur of the psychedelics. He's uh he could be a shaman, actually. We had a great conversation with him about some of his experiences as well as some of ours. And uh all the way up to the very end where we talk about death, which is always fun. I'll I'll tell you guys this right now. Uh whether you're a fan of it or not, it's actually uh it's it's as much as you know, we make jokes and stuff. This one is actually very informative. Uh, it, rather than it just being a funny ha ha, frying balls kind of episode, this was a. Uh, it was really informative. You guys had certain questions about it. I think that he answered quite a few of those. So it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point. I think you guys will really enjoy this one. Ayahuasca isn't always informative. Ayahuasca is not like a funny ha ha ever. <laughs> no one does ayahuasca to get fucked up. Well, except shitting your pants. That's a funny ha ha <laughs> so all the time. Apparently, yeah, apparently doing ayahuasca doesn't mean you shit your pants and barf. We learned that no, too. That's kind of disappointing, actually. I thought I, I just meant, that I meant was a regular thing. Oh, no, no. We've heard lots of ayahuasca experiences. And every time people were like, oh, I just shit my pants and barfed. And that... Yeah. Never happened to him. See, that so, might be what yeah. that person needed, though, is to shit their pants and barf. You never know. Well, like he said, he said it was. He said he didn't have any of those for the first like thirty times, but well, when but he, he did, did it grow sixty up, times, he was like, it wasn't really like he wasn't really right. He was no, I know he was saying, oh, but it was a he didn't have anything come out of him right until the, like the first thirty times, mm-hmm. and then it was more of like a purge, not so much as like a I got sick and threw up. See, that's why I'm kind of worried about doing it actually. I think it would be funny to shit my pants, but I've done that completely fucking We've sober. Done an episode on that. It's not fun. Oh yeah, fuck. We're talking about poop again. Oh my god. No, I'm sorry. No poop. <laughs> anyway, enjoy our chat. And next week we're gonna have Dave from Dopey on, which is uh, more drugs, but it's more about uh, recovery from drugs and not the psychedelic kind, really. More of the uh, heroin, like hardcore shit. But he will tell us all about his journey. Stick around for next week. Talk to you then. And that kind of, it was like very synchronistic because I was reading Steve Jobs' biography at the time. I think he had just passed away. And he said LSD was one of the most important things I've ever done in my life. And I kind of like was a little bit of a a Steve Jobs nerd. Like I would watch his keynote addresses and stuff. I just just really loved Apple and everything about him. 
And um, I was like, well, if it's good enough for him, then I'm going to I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to really give it a go again. And um, and I did. And then I just started like reading a lot of stuff about Richard Alpert, who became Ram Dass and Tim Leary and Harvard and Houston Smith and Andrew Weil and like all these guys, Aldous Huxley. I had no idea that there was like a psychedelic history because I when I grew up when I was a kid, it was like if you take LSD, it's going to get stuck in your spine. You're going to have flashbacks. Yeah. Harvard committed man. Harvard forever. man. That was the, I remember watching movies that that they depicted that. Yeah. So I so I, I just uh, I, I immediately was like, oh, this is everyone's been lying to me. And then I was like, oh, yeah, of course, like the whole world is lying about everything. This is bullshit. Adults don't know what they're talking about. And uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wait, I'm an adult now. So I could maybe maybe I could change something. Maybe I could enter the conversation with a new angle. So I started Mike Adelic and started to talk about it. Well, it's like that uh, that quote from uh Terrence McKenna, the government doesn't let you do their, uh, how's it go? Psychedelics aren't illegal because the loving government wants to protect you from jumping out of a third story window. Isn't that's that? Right. That's the, yeah. The that's intro. The yeah. I used in my, in my intro. Yeah. <clears throat> right. They're illegal because they <laughs> dissolve boundaries. <laughs> We're protecting you. So yeah, did right. you start the podcast to talk about your experiences or were they all kind of was that kind of like a mashup thing together or was the other one before the other? Um, so I was on another podcast at the time. I was on this uh, libertarian political comedy show called Part of the Problem uh, with um, a comedian friend of mine, Dave Smith. I was doing stand-up comedy in New York. And uh, we got on this podcast network, the Gas Digital Network, and our show was on there. And we were doing... We were podcasting. So at the same time, I was doing comedy. I was podcasting and I was taking psychedelics. And I really had this itch to, Hell of a combo. to start my own show. And so I, I, I just, uh, you know, I just, I just, I guess it all happened simultaneously. Yeah. How was doing stand up awesome. comedy in New York City? Was that rough or what? It's got to be rough. It was fun. It was awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. You must yeah, be good yeah. then, because yeah. I feel like it'd be a tough crowd. New York City. I don't know. I, w- I was I, I was pretty good. I, I, I managed to start doing a lot of club spots early on, like three months into doing. Like I went from open mics to check spots at clubs. Nice. Which is, yeah. And it, it was it was good. I just uh, I got to a point where I just was like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really want to do it anymore it the, the roughest part about it is the lifestyle i was up to like 4 a.m every night doing coke and drinking and <laughs> it was just stupid <laughs> as you do yeah <laughs> have you ever met a uh, sam tripoli at all i've never met him but i'm, I'm familiar with him yeah okay so hey I, we listen to him a little bit i don't listen to him much anymore but he uh he has his own podcast the tinfoil hat thing going on and uh yeah, yeah. that's well, it's not really the reason, but it's one of the things that made me go, I could do this. I could talk into a microphone for an hour a week, you know, and put out my own show. And uh, it's not near as good, obviously, but uh, we try. Uh, but he uh, he kind of spurred me to, to look into, like, different conspiracies and stuff. But it, psychedelics kind of go along with, with conspiracies and UFOs. They all kind of tie together yeah. at some, some point, you know. So oh, yeah. it, it's a natural progression for us to have a psychedelic guy on. We've had a couple other ones on a couple DMT stories and have, I was going to ask you that. I don't remember from your podcast, but have you ever tried DMT? I know you've tried ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I how is that? How is that different than ayahuasca? I've heard that it's, you know, 
it's like quicker. 10 minutes and like super intense day. compared to the ayahuasca being drawn out and barfing and shitting your pants and all that. Yeah, I'd say it's like um, it's the difference between like analog and digital, you know, like I think uh. like, um, like ayahuasca is like analog, manual, slower, you know, kind of more hands on earthy. The psychoactive component in ayahuasca is DMT. So, right. Uh, um, and then with DMT, it's like it's a, um, you know, it's just like a roller coaster blast through hyperspace that you're just holding on and. A lot of stuff is coming at you very quickly. It's hard to put it into words. It's hard to um, remember exactly everything that you experienced. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a real fast, uh, quick. It could feel like you're in there for a long time, but then coming out, you're like, oh, I was only kind of out for about twenty minutes or so. Yeah, that's what we that hear about it. It feels like a lifetime, but it was really ten minutes. Did you feel, did it feel familiar at all? Or did it feel like comforting to be in the DMT experience? Like back I've in heard the that womb. a couple times where people say it seems familiar or that they've been there before or it's not scary, yeah. but it's also completely foreign. So it should be scary, but it's just not. It, yeah, there's a familiarity for sure. Yeah, it, it's, it's unlike anything though. I think... Um, yeah, I do a lot of like high dose uh, psilocybin mushroom trips as well. That's kind of my, like my main thing right now. And and at high doses of that, you get it's very similar to that DMT experience uh, as well. And in that space, in in all these spaces, uh, especially the tryptamine chemical compound tryptamine family like space, it, it it feels like a like oh you're back like welcome back like you remember this place. You know, you it feels very familiar, yeah. But so, also, it's like you're being dazzled by just incomprehensible fractal wonder. So I always, uh, I always equate trying to describe a psychedelic trip to people as trying to describe a dream where you know the feeling that you were in, but it's hard to actually put the picture into words. Like you can say fractals, you know, and that could be anything, but it's more about like the feeling when you're in it. Yeah. Because I've never done DMT. I, I, that's uh, on the bucket list, but I've yet to dabble in that. But I still want to go down to Puerto Rico or wherever they do the uh, retreats, but be the typical white guy down there, you know? Oh, they're doing D, uh, just DMT retreats? No, no, the ayahuasca thing. I'm, oh, I'm lump, lumping it in with DMT, yeah. But I'm in for the long haul. I want to shit my pants and see uh, the snake and all that stuff. With doing both, I actually want to ask, because I want to try both. We we do or have done psychedelics, but Allegedly. not ayahuasca, not DMT. Um, what do you prefer? Would you, after doing DMT and being like, oh, I didn't shit my pants or barf, would you rather do that? Or was it a better experience with ayahuasca? Ayahuasca, I have a stronger connection with. It's, you know, uh, I think that's a, that seems to be a, the number one thing that people always associate with ayahuasca is like shitting your pants and barfing. <laughs> and although that can it can happen, uh, that didn't happen to me um, for the first, you know, like 30 times I drank it. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had any like accidents or anything like that. Um, and it's 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 different than barfing. Actually, it's 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 a purge. It's very. That's what I was reading. I was yeah. reading. It's that it's almost, worse. Uh, what do they call it? Ectoplasm. Uh, <laughs> That's ghost quite, jizz. But uh, what I yeah, what I had read was that it was like it's more of like a purge of getting out 
whatever it is that you need to so that you can actually connect with the experience. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think so. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a really interesting realm to enter into. I, I lived six months in the Amazon, uh, jungle outside Jesus of, Christ. Uh, yeah, outside of Quito's Peru at an ayahuasca center, uh, and was basically, you know, drinking ayahuasca every week with, uh, Shipibo, the Shipibo tribe. Uh, they're known as like the the warrior shamans because they oh, hit. Those it. are the ones from Ace Ventura, yeah, Shipibo. <laughs> oh, we'll be to that. The Shipibo, yeah. <laughs> so, how did you get in? How did you get in with that tribe? Like, how do you get there? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask. I'm like, okay, I need to understand all of this. Uh, what brought you there? Yeah, so I I had been looking into ayahuasca for a little bit, and I came across some centers uh, that were reputable you know they had reviews and stuff because it's it's weird right you're like well what do i do do i just fly to peru and just walk into the jungle and scream uh but luckily there's you there's, could you know yeah there's there's some set there's like well-established centers down there and they have there's a place called aya advisors and they have reviews and and i looked in and, and some some people i knew like jeremy narby and uh amber lyon and gabor mate all recommended this place the temple of the way of light Sounds like a cult, but it's not. And uh, it could be if they wanted to. But uh, but it's a great place, and they have an amazing healers that work there. And I went down there and volunteered, and then they offered me a job there, and then I, I stayed on. And, um, yeah, it was a tremendous experience. It was, it was yeah, I imagine. Yeah. I, it's some, it's uh, one of those things I feel like it's uh, kind of a – a long shot for me to actually do. We have kids and jobs and, you know, it would have to be something we really planned ahead for. But so I've heard different things about different retreat centers and there's been some bad reviews on some of them, not just bad, like kind of gnarly where I don't really want to go there. You know, I don't, I don't, I know that name, the temple of light or whatever it's called, but I don't, I don't remember uh, reading any reviews on that. I've just heard a couple people talk about how there's some places you kind of want to steer clear of because not that they take advantage of you, but they're kind of like not really authentic or something. Is this place pretty like old timey authentic? Yeah, it's, it's pretty like bare bones. Like you're here for ayahuasca and healing. Like they, they're a heal. They call themselves a healing center. The first center that I actually signed up for, cause I was just so eager to get down there and to go do it was this other place. And it was like, come drink ayahuasca and go zip lining and like do, oh, this and do that. And I was like, Nope. I was like, uh, no, nah, I don't think that sounds like what I want. You know? <laughs> um, so, and then I read some reviews and there were some bad reviews. I think I, I went on Reddit and I saw like a Reddit thread that said, yeah, the, one of the facilitators had sex with the shaman in the middle of the ceremony when people were under and they're just like, just shady like things that you're not supposed to be doing. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going there. And then a spot opened up at the temple and I went there and they're very professional, uh, you know, experts. It's, everything is like top notch expert, uh, you know, done. So I'm, I'm interested in the way of uh, what you're talking about with the entirety of the healing process that you went there and, and experienced regardless of the, uh, I know they're all correlated together, but other than just the actual trips on ayahuasca, how was that whole experience? What brought you to that tribe doing that thing? What were you looking for when you started out that journey and where did it take you by the time that you finished it? Mm, yeah, good question. Um, so I, uh, I was looking for 
something that would help me with my depression. Uh, I ex still, to this day, experience chronic depression. It's just not as deep as it used to be. Sure. I, I used to just go into these, like, just black hole pits of just nothingness, just numb and just totally, you know, checked out of, of life. Do you and, mind? Do you mind if I ask you? Would that, is it manic? Like, would that would that be considered it? Or I don't think so. Um, it was okay. more just. It was it. It was more just um, this kind of recurring wave that seemed to come on. Maybe seasonal affective, you know, something sure. along those lines. But, but I would just get real, um, you know, just like I just didn't give a shit about anything. Sure. And, and I'm like, yeah, I, don't, I really don't like this. And I was doing a lot of uh, high dose mushroom trips and I was doing a bunch of other things, but I kept hearing about ayahuasca and people kept talking about the unbelievable transformative power of ayahuasca. So that's what brought me there. And, um, you know, I had a couple of things in mind. I was like, yeah, I, I have some bad habits. I, you know, I do this, maybe my diet's not that good. So maybe I can get some healing, get some clean, like clean me out, purge, heal and get back on my way and instead what i got was like a complete total annihilation of myself a non-dual experience um you know i like became everything like i left my body i had no body i wasn't here anymore i went to this this realm of of like light and uh one of the weirdest things that has ever happened like other people had confirmed that they saw what i was experiencing I, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Didn't you have Holy like a, a three or four part uh, show on that? I, I don't remember you I, I did, spilling yeah. it all in one. Yeah. It was a several part series on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got blasted open and I had no idea. Like I wasn't, I was expecting to just get some, get some healing, get some help, go back. So when I went back to New York, uh, New York city, where I was living at the time, uh, it was really, really hard for me to like accept uh, like society, and I, bet. I, I already had a hard time with that to begin <laughs> with, and and then I go back, so things kind of fell apart in my life, and uh, you know, luckily I, I picked the pieces back together. Yeah, it would it would be hard uh, just based on what you were saying with what you know the lifestyle of four a.m. with stand up and coming out of that uh, kind of like you said, looking for a new a new person to actually find that not knowing anything. Like you said, you thought it was going to be tamer and uh, got blasted wide open coming back to the big apple and the lifestyle you were used to. That would be extremely hard, not only with yourself, but also with the people that you would be coming around to be like, Oh yeah, no, this is fine. I need, I can stay here. <laughs> I can't, I can't even yeah, imagine I, because yeah. I've had, I've had enough, you know, not super high, but enough high dose uh, mushroom, experiences allegedly that it's kind of hard to even come back from that because there's it kind of goes back to what you're talking about with the familiarity it does feel like that even with uh, mushrooms and stuff like that it's there's a every time I get to that you know that threshold it's like oh yes I remember this and this is this is like where I should be and then you come out of that and I'm it's never like bad after you know the next day I always feel great but it's still weird to go back to your everyday going to work or you know whatever you have going on without being like ah i feel like that's where that's where we're supposed to be is back there mm -hmm. yeah i was like uh i was like i don't know if you guys all know this but i'm god and i don't know if <laughs> so 
uh, you know, what is this? Life is a scam. What are we doing? <laughs> how, uh, how, how have you uh, dealt I'll, with this last year, uh, especially with your depression stuff? Has this last year wreaked havoc on you without getting into talking about COVID again? Because we're trying to get away from that. But in general, this last year. No, actually, this last year has been great. Like, I, I've had a, it, it, nothing. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, so I've gotten a lot of help with uh, the depression and, and uh, something that's really helped me has been ketamine. I went to a ketamine uh, therapy center and did um, you know, they do like somatic therapy, uh, psychotherapy with ketamine. And I- I've heard that uh, goes that uh, a, a couple a couple of different ways when you do that. You can the K hole. I've heard about. Never tried ketamine either, but I, I can imagine what that would feel like. We saw it on the Psychonaut, though. Have you ever seen the documentary, The Psychonaut? Fantastic. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, watch what? it! It's, it's a stand up comedian that goes around and tries all these oh, different. Oh, psychos. Shane. Yeah. Ken Moss. Oh, yes. yeah. Psychonautics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Psychonautics. Yeah. Whatever. Either way, but yeah. yeah. So he did ketamine, and it was he loved it. Remember, he did it. Oh like, yeah. He was, under the supervision of a, yeah, Doctor Cole Marshallist, <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yes, it's a wonderful drug. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Isn't it like a horse tranquilizer? That's so odd that it would. Uh... It's yeah, it was used as a tranquilizer. Yeah. Do you do you experience like pretty lasting benefits from that though, and not just like while you're on it or a couple of days after? Is it a couple of weeks or months? Yeah, I think lasting benefits, I think, you know, with all these substances, they're, you know, kind of like tools in your toolkit. So, you know, they do they they all can can help and do different things. And um, I, yeah, I definitely noticed that if I get into kind of a pit of despair or hopelessness and I feel that kind of depression coming on, it does it just doesn't go down as far as it used to go down. It's uh, kind of um, rewired my my autotomic nervous system from yeah. the the fight or flight sort of response of being you know like oh man i'm in i'm in despair and i'm gonna go all the way down instead of going all the way down into this like pit i kind of stop at like a instead of going to like level five as they say i go to like level three or four hey that's progress have you ever tried yeah. uh, M- mdma therapy for that i don't know that was more what ptsd and uh i think there's it might they might use that for depression too but have you tried that at all I have, yeah. I've done a lot of MDMA. Love nice. It. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> how yeah, how is that opposed to uh, ketamine? Uh, MDMA is is very uh, like heart opening kind of uh, substance. It's it really connects you deeply to empathy and compassion. You just feel really like in a space of of love and wanting to express your deepest feelings in ways that maybe you normally wouldn't, you know, on like a day to day and, uh, you get a sense of euphoria, deep sense of connection. Um, yeah. And ketamine is more kind of like, uh, it's known as a, a disassociative. Um, and so you, you kind of leave your body, uh, and you, um, it's uh, very hard to describe, but kind of, and the doses I was doing was like 150 milligrams. And so you like, you go to the, it's kind of like the, the K hole space or whatever. So you kind of go to this like void space almost, uh, that just kind of gets colored in with, um, whatever is like around for me, it's like music and, or people talking like it, it helps to, to, to 
build this the world like it's almost like you're built that the world doesn't really exist you like create it kind of that's fucking awesome yeah i mean it could be could be bad it's like psychedelic minecraft yes that's exactly (laughs) right that's a great uh analogy or metaphor yeah (laughs) you'll have to excuse uh some of the questions i might ask i am not familiar with psychedelics virtually whatsoever um just actually tried mushrooms for the first time this last like six months that's it and loves there you them. go. There's my whole list. <laughs> what, what, what'd you think? How was your experience? It was microdosing. We didn't do anything high, uh, anything high dosage or anything, mostly because of that uh, trail of Hollywood. I have always been extremely freaked out to try anything uh, that would change my head too much. Uh, so I was very wary of it. Um, due to life circumstances, I had a, finally hit a point where I told I told Joe, I was like, you know what? Fuck it, let's let's do it. So he made he made tea for me, and it made me more chatty. It made me a little bit more uh, awake, a little bit more clarity, uh, but didn't change my headspace at all. Um, there was a few other times where I took more, and uh, they didn't do anything. A few times I didn't feel it at all, um, even though I tried to take more, much more than I had done the previous. I can't really say much much for it. Um, well, still that's, kind of walking you that wire to push it. You haven't hit the threshold yet. We'll, we'll get you there no. at some point. But what what do you think of uh, LSD versus mushrooms? Because uh, there's some people that way. I have a friend that way prefers that. Um, I don't. We've done it a few times the last couple of years, and it was fun. But uh, Jen describes it as what did you say? Like clinical. Like it's like a real like. Uh, is that right brain or left brain? Either way, like a logical, like clinical type thing, or mushrooms is more like, you know, earthy, organic yeah, type I, shit. I felt when we, when we did acid, it was a super high dose, and we didn't know, so we just split <laughs> it in half. We're like, let's just split it in half and have a chill night. And it was one of those that had like ten hits of acid on it, so we split it, and it was like this, like super high dose, even as half of one. And I felt so itchy. I just wanted to get out of my body physically. Like, I couldn't... I was, like, grabbing my... It was crazy. I just... I felt insane. I, I hated it. Because I, I was it, like, I shouldn't be in here. I just want to be like... Wah. Well, he said not only was it, like, kind of a high dose, but it was strong. And who knows? I mean, these days, yeah, especially, what it, it might have been cut with. Because it seemed a little more speedy to me than it should be. Mm. A little more, like, grindy on the teeth and shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I think it was just a lot more than we expected. <laughs> Well, I definitely, I definitely recommend testing your drugs. There's like, there's some good companies out there that have test kits, and they're not that expensive, like thirty bucks or something. And uh, one of them is Dance Safe. Um, they make these test kits, so you can test it. <laughs> that is a great name. Yeah, Dance Safe. They, where they, they set up booths and stuff at whatever you know, wherever festivals let them. Like, I remember we went, I went somewhere in Denver. Meow Wolf had something, and Dance Safe had a booth there, and. And, uh, so yeah, they, they have testing kits and stuff. It's really good because you're right. Like you never know what could be in it. Right. And so you want to make sure you're doing pure stuff, uh, good stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love LSD. It's one of my favorite things. I like to, I prefer microdosing with LSD over mushrooms. And I like to take LSD when I go out and go to shows, concerts, parties. Oh, for sure. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Wait. The way that you've described each of these, by the way, I, I must say, uh, kind of like a uh, a TED talk with like a list, like oh this one, oh yes, this is my favorite, one of my favorites. This is a, it kind of made me go, oh I would like to try some, 
Oh, that one as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should. Yeah, everyone. No, should I should not. That would not be a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> I do not feel like I would do well with those. I no. think you would, honestly. I was the same way as you, Ben. I did not. When I was younger, I was like, oh, I'm too scared to take drugs. I don't want to feel weird. And I tried uh, LSD when I was 19, and I loved it. I just felt so much better about everything. I felt like anything could have happened, and it would have been fine. Because okay, it so just the only, was, you know? The only reason why I say that is because the only two chemicals that I have done to this day, I still have a problem with, where it's like, I mean, alcohol in my is a whole bad thing for me but even getting stoned like to me it's one of those like i'm still annoyed at myself hi <laughs> like i can only imagine myself for ryan just absolutely hating myself <laughs> yeah but you can't go into it looking at it like that either if you go know, into it looking like that you're it doesn't that do shit. that though like lsd and mushrooms when we take them like no one acts stupid i when we were trying to convince a couple of our friends slash family members at a gigantic party last year that mushrooms were great which we did succeed in and tons of them took mushrooms um they were all super upset they're like ew mushrooms oh my god that's drugs that's crazy and then by the end of the night we had convinced almost every single person there to try them and they were they, having a great time they loved it they were like this is so great doing the felt like little work. sales people <laughs> were like no 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 you just feel a little heightened stuff that's funny will be a little funnier you're just microdosing it's fine and they all loved it, and they all continue to hit Joe up for mushrooms to this day. <laughs> to this day. They still call me Pot Jesus. They're like, we're but... going out in the houseboat this weekend. Can you get us some mushrooms? Like, it's, it's annoying, actually, but it's hilarious that we convince these, like, prissy fucking bitches to try mushrooms. Well, I don't think most of them are not Easy. not using it the uh, correct or the uh, intended. I don't know what you want to call it. The uh, The way that if you do it, you don't need to do it again for, like, six months. If you do a high enough dose, speaking of that, have you done the five dried grams in Silent Darkness, the Terrence McKenna suggestion? Many times, yes. How is that? Because I'm scared to do that. <laughs> um, it's great, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I've been doing that since I started doing that in like 2014, um, and most recently, my my last trip was 11 grams. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. Do you not? 11. Do you not barf? Because I've no. eaten like a quarter of that and felt like I had to barf the whole time. So I make a tea. I have like a special tea recipe that I make. That's uh, real easy on the stomach, real smooth, tastes really good. Um, I'm gonna need that. We do. Yeah, 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 we make tea where it's like just mixed with lemonade, and it just it hits really smooth. Everything's very smooth. It doesn't taste gross. It doesn't feel gross. So you did 11, way to go. 11 grams in tea. Did you eat the uh, the stuff afterwards? Because that grosses me the fuck out. Like, I can't do it. It's mashy and nasty as it no. is. Like. No, I've, I, I, I strain that out. You, you don't have to okay. do that. It, you know, it's just like kind of, you know, steeping a tea. You don't have to eat the leaves of the tea, you know. Um, right. I guess uh, maybe some superstition or, or not superstition. Um, I don't know, just some misinformation about that, like around like on the shroomery or Arrowhead or these like forums where people are talking about mushrooms and stuff. Everybody has a different opinion about like what to do. But I, I feel pretty, pretty good about the way that I do it. I don't drink that stuff. I, I, I strain it all out. You know, I steep it and uh, for like 15 minutes and um, put some mint, some ginger, some lemon, some honey, a little nice. blue lotus flower. And, nice. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, you know what's funny is I would actually uh, 100% trust that because uh, just based off of the, let's see, what time is it? 20 minutes? 30 minutes that we've been talking? I If you t gave me a recipe and was like, nah, it'll be fine. I'd be like, all right. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, but okay. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and Ben, like for, for someone like you, if you're if there's an interest you know, there, I think the best thing to do is just to learn about it. Right. And like, sure. And get, and, 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 you know, I would definitely recommend doing it in more of a ceremonious way. If you, if you ever were to, to take that leap, because, um, it, it really sets the conditions. It's almost like, you know, that you, you want to have like good software running on the heart on your hardware. Sure. You know? And if you like program the experience in a, in a particular way, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be like fun, but you're going to get a lot out of it. Well, and that's, I think that's part of, uh, part of the apprehension, uh, in, in, cause I've thought about this a few times, whether it be with Joe and Jen or other people that I, you know, supremely trust, uh, which I know is important. And I've done, I've done enough research and I've seen enough of it that I have a, an idea. Um, it's just, me up here also scares me so i would if i if i had a chance to it would have to be very almost exactly what you said very ceremoniously um to actually go on something where it was like you're gonna fucking go on a journey do you understand that right, right like exactly yeah for me to do that i would need like <laughs> i feel like i would need like three days off know that i can turn off my cell phone without yeah. my you know while my kids are safe and i know they don't have to have anybody you know contact me for them any of those things would all have to be like unbelievably taken care of to where I go, I have three days with a whole bunch of people that I know are going to take care of me. They know I'm doing it. They know that it, it's worrisome or, you know, this, that, and the other. I would have to have all of that set and setting, like just so for me to walk into it feeling like that apprehension was gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, you're thinking you're already thinking about it in the right way. There's a great book uh, my friend Michelle Jenikian wrote. Um, it's called Your Psilocybin Mushroom Companion. And she just kind of like lays out like everything that you would want to know about mushrooms and doing mushrooms for the first time. And would you say that setting. that's kind of like psychedelics for dummies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely yeah. need that. <laughs> you have to remember Jesus. too, Ben, that it's it's one of those things where, again, I was terrified like you. And there have been some times that I've been like, this is not what I want to be doing, but you're going to get through it. So no matter what happens, even if it's not where you want to be right at that moment, it's kind of like a roller coaster, especially with LSD. You'll feel super fucked up and crazy. And then you kind of come down and you're like, okay, I'm fine. And then I don't know if you felt like that at Comes all. Like, right? It's just like waves where I don't know, but you're going to be okay. You, no matter what happens, you're going to be okay. So just go into it like that, but knowing you're going to be okay. That's the that's the whole thing, uh, along with, I mean, just how I am as a person, uh, reaffirmation, reassurance, things like that. I would need people that when that happens, and I know that I'm going to do it, and I know I'm going to get through those moments, I still need somebody else there that I'm like, are you guys fucking, are you guys fucking, yes, Joe, you would be <laughs> one of my, obviously you two would be my top picks for this, but. Yeah, trip this, sitters, yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly, sure. trip sitters. But if you if yeah, you have I would need one. <laughs> if you have no one though, it makes it almost better because you you will still get through it on your own, and then you learn to trust yourself a little bit more. 
Well, it's like they say there's no there's no bad trips, just difficult trips. Yeah, I've gotten something out of every every high dose one I've done where even if it was a little rough and by rough, I just mean like I was like, whoa, this is is more than I thought. Even at at the end, though, I'm like, wow, that was awesome. Like if you're being sacrificed on top of a pyramid and having your intestines ripped out by alien wizards that are electrocuting you with uh, technology. Did that happen to you? Is that a Mike Brancatelli yeah. story? Okay, can we please was, hear your crazy story? Because I actually want to hear at least a couple of your stories. I love ayahuasca stories. I, I read them all the time. I seek them out on the internet. That's so perfect because I was actually going to ask him his... To uh, someone in person. I was going to ask him his worst trip and his best trip. So. Okay, yeah, Shoot. fair. I want to hear your craziest Yeah, I got to hear this too. Okay, yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize this as worse. This was definitely uh, an experience. I'll well, like say. you said, you always get something out of it, right? Yeah, I, I okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I still am like, yeah, it's still there. But That's so but uh, but yeah, this was an ayahuasca ceremony, and um, it's kind of like it's kind of a the- There was kind of a theme. So the the first part of the story is that I. You know, the, the, the experience I told you about before, I, I basically became this like white ball of light in, in the ceremony. And like I saw the, the images of Jesus and Buddha in front of me and they merged into one and like just became it was in this realm of light. And I started speaking like a different language and <laughs> and like singing and saying things. And um, it, it I wrote it down. I drew a picture of it. and I wrote down the words. And uh, then a friend gave me a book called Ancient Egypt and the Flower of Life. And it turns out that there was, I I recognized some of the words. I was like, oh, I recognize those words. That's what I was saying in this ceremony. And it's like, it was uh, Sanskrit. And I was like, okay. Uh, So I was like saying all these words in Sanskrit that, that translated to like God and one and consciousness and love and all these other things. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And so I know then, Sanskrit. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking weird. I was like, okay. I know Kung Fu. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So then, like, uh, I guess it was a year later or whatever, uh, but I had this this one, this other ayahuasca ceremony where it felt like I had been ripped through the floor and my body was split into, like, 75 million holographic projections. And I, like, went back in time or something to... Uh, what seemed to be like ancient Egypt, but it was kind of jungle, but there were pyramids. How the um, fuck do you keep it together through that? Uh, I just laid there. <laughs> you didn't really have a choice. Were you incapacitated? <laughs> I was completely uh, physically? physically incapacitated. So you were on I, the strip whether you liked it or not. I was just, I was going. Yeah, my <laughs> body was in paralysis and I was just going. And I, I, I had, I, felt like i had left like i had seen this happen and i had like transported back through this like time tunnel holy shit and uh and i woke up it was like uh i had the experience of sometimes this happens in dreams where you're like where you sort of get the sense that there's this whole like narrative that you're participating in or this story that you're participating in but you're not like acting it out you just have you have you already have the backstory or something you know Mm -hmm. So I like arrived in this what seemed like ancient Egypt place, and it seemed like I was I had a family, I had a wife, I had four daughters. Um, I remember the, the, there was um, 
something about like I had risen the ranks from the slave class to the upper echelon. And I was working in like the, in a temple and it was like in one of the pyramids and I was helping these wizards or magicians and they were all very tall robed with masks. And I got the sense that they weren't human. They weren't, they weren't human beings. They were like aliens or something. That gives me chills and I didn't even go through it. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So, 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 so I, um, so I remember during this trip, I, I, I went into one of our like temple spaces and I saw this thing in like the back vault and it was this round uh, ball that was like vibrating and floating. And it was kind of like a black gooey substance uh, that was like shimmering. And it was like, and it was like doing all this weird stuff and it was floating there. And, and I had discovered that this was like, to me, it seemed like this was a way that these wizards that I was working for were controlling and manipulating reality and time and space and gravity and everything. You might not be far off. This was, this was like the substance that can do anything. Um, And so I, I sort of like blew the whistle on that and they turned it on me and then like dragged me out into the town square and like all the people that were that were like my friends from my slave class days and everybody that i knew were like throwing tomatoes at me and like booing me and and then they like hooked me up to this machine and like put me in this like kind of like crucifix type of position but with my legs like spread it was like my one leg tied that way, one leg tied that way, like an X kind of thing. Ugh. Yeah. And and uh, and then they like made an incision in my intestine area and like started ripping my intestines out. But these machines were like keeping me alive through the whole process. So it was like this long, drawn out process. And then they were cursing me and and shooting like laser beams out of their hands. And basically being like, you are cast away, never to return again. And um, and that was that was pretty much it. And then and uh, and yeah, and then a a lot of weird stuff happened after that. And then I've had several trips after that that have like been the continuation of that story. Uh, Okay, so whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm so sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) so. How did you get out of that? Like you're tied up and like, how did you get out? He woke up with shit in his pants. So you just woke (laughs) up and then. Oh, you mean like, okay. So yeah. So, uh, I forget exactly what happened, but I, I remember just the, I guess the ceremony was sort of like coming to an end and I guess it was starting to wear off a little bit. And yeah, I just, I just got up and. I, I might have fell asleep there. I don't I don't remember. But the next day I was pretty shattered. I was pretty like, whoa, that was really crazy because all these weird things happened. Like I remember years ago, my parents came to New York to visit me and we went to go see the Egypt exhibit at the Met and my mom's maiden name. And I saw my mom in this in this vision. She was there. She was like part of the slave class. I saw her maiden name like carved in one of the stone blocks. And we like we took a picture. We're like, oh, that's funny. It's your maiden name, Leonardo. It's like carved in the block that's that's cute and um and then the sanskrit thing and the book of egypt and the flower of life and that was weird 
And then I made this drawing like years ago with like a pyramid and an eye and like uh, the Anubis head and all this weird stuff. I was like, well, that, that was weird too. And then I remember talking to my parents shortly after when I went into town and they were like, yeah, we did like one of those 23andMe DNA test things. Turns out we're, we're, we're from Africa. Like we have like African ancestry. Like that's what it shows on the thing. And you know, it's like Egypt. I'm like, what are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> uh, that's some, uh, that's some Assassin's Creed shit right there, man. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's some unlocking like built yeah, into unlocking your DNA. Yeah. Epi- epigenetic memory. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that was one of my theories was, was something like that. Yeah. So what do you so. think when you had, especially the one where they're ripping out your guts, um, and then yeah, the other one, heart. yeah, the other oh, one. Right, you... I forgot to mention about that. I was born with a scar on my belly, where like on the on the. Oh, oh, that's that's perfect. Up. I was just going to ask you: Do you think that that's something where you went to a different realm and your brain was projecting some shit, or do you think that was more of like a past life memory type of thing? Because there's a lot of people that have trips that kind of believe it was more like seeing your past life or a previous incarnation, however you want to put it. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's a couple. I'm. I gotta be a better storyteller. There's two more components to this. <laughs> There's so the good question, and yes, I so I was born with this mark on my belly where it felt like in this trip where they had like cut me and took my intestines out. So that was strange. The other thing was strange. I was talking to my friend Jen, who runs this website called Evolve and Ascend, and she's all into like occult and esoteric stuff. And I was telling her this story, and she's like. She's like, I'm getting chills right now. Like, this is crazy. You know about that conspiracy about the black goo substance, right? And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What do you mean? So apparently there's this hidden, I don't know, this, this. I guess it lives in the land of conspiracy, but apparently there's this sort of element that's like not from Earth that's called the black goo that is supposed to be like a sort of nano programmable tech thing uh, that supposedly ancient civilizations had to control and like dominate people. And there's a lot of people that believe that it's in the cornerstone of Mecca and it like it has some kind of energy that like pulls people in or controls people or something. It's all, it's a weird thing. It's tied into this like Saturn worshiping Saturian oh, yeah. cult thing. And um, I had no idea about that. And she told me that and it blew my mind. So I, I used to think, well, this is probably my mind projecting things in in like metaphor or story that I can understand something so I can apply it to my life, you know, Um, but it just there's too many weird coincidences and things that I didn't know. So I'm thinking it has to it's some kind of maybe like epigenetic memory, some kind of like uh, archetypal mythological story. You know, um, that I that maybe I played a part in or maybe part in. Maybe you have yet to find out. Yeah, maybe I've yet to find out too. Ooh, that's deep, Ben. <laughs> I've heard yeah. the black goo thing in uh, in relation to like uh, UFOs and well, primarily abductions, where they see people floating in this goo. And yeah, I mean, if what you're saying is true, and it's been around whole, for that long, and shit. Nanotechnology thing. The first thing that popped in my head when you said that was, oh, that would explain the wall like kind of thing that you would have heard is that, like that hum of electricity or, uh, you know, computer parts almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I definitely <laughs> think there's something to it with ayahuasca psychedelics in general. I think unlock a part of our brain. I'm weird though. I don't know. I feel like it, 
unlocks this part of our brain that helps us see what's really possibly going on. There's so much happening that we have, we don't know shit. I mean, that makes a lot I of sense though. Because if it does that, it would be hard for us to put it into words because it's like so foreign, you know. Yeah, but when when you get super fucked up on LSD, mushrooms, ayahuasca, whatever, I feel like you're connected with something else, and it's it just like you said, it ties in with things that you had no idea about. You didn't know Sanskrit. You didn't know anything about the black goo. It was a thing that you remembered thought about and you had zero idea and it turns out to be real and i don't know i just think there's a lot more to that than people give it credit for or that your family was connected to egypt right yeah 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 and you have the scar. either way it's weird it's all it's of very, it it's very weird and and i think that it's it is like um you know there there there's definitely some something happening that is really uh deep and like ancient and uh, really beyond my level of understanding, but it really feels, I mean, a lot of the times when I go to these like deep realms, there's this, there's language and symbols that I, there's things that are trying to communicate with me. And oftentimes I'm communicating and I'm speaking and I don't know what I'm saying. It's like, you know, like almost like a channeling type of experience or something like, like that. In someone else's body, like experiencing what they're doing. I'm like I'm 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 not I'm I'm not really in my body. I'm I don't know. It's 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 hard to explain. It's it's like um, it's more like a transcendence. Like it's you, but it's not you. I still I'm I'm okay. So I'm still in my body here, uh, and right. It, but I'm receiving like transmissions. Lang like the last trip that I took, I've experienced this like infinite server farm. Uh, of like cosmic, uh, how can I say it? Like multicolored cosmic servers, like data, you know, servers in infinite space going up and down infinitely. I think and that's the matrix. Like tubes, yeah, like hieroglyphic type symbols and tubes everywhere. And I was like plugging things in and like programming things. Um, and then I was getting like all this like transmission of this information and I started like speaking in this language and there were these like, you know, uh, vibrating cubes that were like Rubik's cubes, but like changing like this. And they had like symbols and they're like, what, what, whoop. And they were like, you know, telling me basically program this and program that, do that and do this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and in that state you understood or I under completely understood. Yeah. So that was, that was ayahuasca. That was mushrooms. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So I I'm going to have like to try 11 so grams. There's similarities, though, with like ayahuasca <laughs> mushrooms. All of that is, crazy yeah. hieroglyphic shit that people don't think about going into it. They're not like, okay, I'm going to think about Egypt. Like, no one does that. They're just like, okay, I want to cleanse. I want to heal. They go into it, and it's fucking hieroglyphics. And I don't know. Just, well, that's a lot of that's, weird, like, that's the exact uh, Egyptian ancient shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's the that's the exact kind of like split right there that in my mind is hard to comprehend because it's it's one thing for what i've again coming from somebody who has never experienced any of this even remotely experienced anything like this it's the idea of knowing what i know from you guys and what you guys have been able to experience and then seeing the same exact uh kinds of psychedelics but to a point where like he's he's traveling and transmitting and then i go see that's the thing it'd be one thing for me to like 
clarity and you have an experience and you remember it and you feel good coming back down. And there's this part of you that's like, oh, I needed that. You know, there's a part of my life right here that I needed some clarity on. It made me see it differently. Uh, and then there's the whole other side to that where I hear stories like he just said where I'm all <sighs> that kind of mind splitting open would be very hard for me to deal with. Like there's like a veil that you pass through though. So actually our friend Eric had experienced DMT and he said he took a little bit, just a little bit of DMT. And it's probably oh, the yeah. amount that we've taken as far as like mushrooms, LSD. We haven't broken through that veil of where you have, Mike, where you've gotten through to like different places. He said that he got close and was like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> he was like a little bit scared and didn't want it. He was like, um, no, I'm done. And he said it seemed familiar and it seemed strange, though. He didn't want to deal with it. He didn't want to do it. We've never gotten there either. But I definitely think there's something to it. It's just... I'm a little bit apprehensive about What do you think of the whole, uh, the trickster entity uh, phenomenon too? Because that, that seems to show up a lot in, maybe not necessarily psychedelic trips, but there are some things where people, like you said, receive some sort of a download and they know it or they se- it seems familiar, but it ends up being something completely different or just sends them on a wild goose chase. There's been so many stories of people that have received a download from this entity. They go off to Africa looking for this thing and it ends up just being nothing. So I think Wait, those those exist around. Huh? What's the what's the what's the trickster thing? I've never heard of that. That's like the old archetype of the uh, what do you call uh, the Joker, the court jester, the clown, anything that's, that's like psychedelics. Or it's just the gin, like trickster. Like spirit. the gin, yeah. It's just yeah, there to fuck with you, and it's just like a discarnate, or maybe I don't even know. It could appear as like an angel, making you think like, "Oh, you're so important. You have to do this," but it's really just some demon that's like, "Ha, ah, fuck you. You're gonna go do that." You're or, stupid. or it could just be, you know, the I cosmic like how you put joke. It on my playing field, I appreciate that. <laughs> I was just trying to make it quick. <laughs> but what do you think about that, Mike? With uh, your experiences, do you, you think you've ever encountered the trickster in one form or another? Yeah, I have an intimate connection with that archetype, uh, very much so. Like, I, it's sort of, I feel that I embody that archetype a lot. I, I feel like it's, it really, it speaks to me. I feel like I try and live my, I like, I live my life in a, in that way, sort of, you know, and and I go into when I go into that space, I definitely, there's definitely multiple, um, sort of entities that are of that trickster vibe that joker jester trickster vibe and i really enjoy it i really like it um and i think the trickster is like misunderstood i think that it that that it's not necessarily like a malicious nefarious character it's more of just a like a troll yeah they're just bored they're just like yeah like i just want to do something fuck entertain me they just they just want to yeah they they're just there for the it's you know, because I think a lot of this is is a lot of this stuff is a big cosmic joke. You know, I mean, it's like we 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 eat these like mushrooms to grow out of shit. You know, we go to the jungle and we like puke and and have diarrhea. It's like why? So we could be better people, so that we don't like you know destroy the planet that we're living on. Um, and and it's like yeah, guys, like what are you doing, you fucking idiots? Um, let me sh- let me just like blow your mind with some crazy shit. And um, and and it's it's almost like uh, that, that, you know, like sort of the Zen master that, you know, the, the students come and they say, like, how do I get to enlightenment? And he's yeah. like, pour, pour me a cup of tea. And 
you know, and he it just starts he's like, there. Yeah. And, and, and then you just he's like, keep pouring and that you just keep pouring and the cup just like <laughs> overflowing. And and he's like, OK, now go away and think about that. And the student's just like, what are you talking about, man? He's like, next, like, next time you do that, you should have more control. <laughs> right. Like, what's the sound Same, of one make hand your own clapping? Choices. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's sort of a, you know, but I like, I like that way of like, of, of being or teaching because it's kind of like, you have to figure it out. Like you yeah. have to, you have mm -hmm. to have a level of discernment and you have to have a level of like, you know, uh, also like respect and, and reverence for the, for the substances. And yeah. And it's, it's real, it's real fun. Well, that's a yeah, for sure. We actually do respect it. We've never gone into it being like, let's get fucked up tonight. It's always, okay, let's have a nice calm night. We don't have kids. We're going to just chill out. I At plan on a, a little bit. crazy. Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> I, I plan on doing it kind of more like you were talking about more ceremonially. I actually talked about that a couple of years ago. Remember about yeah. if we were going to do a high dose, like literally approaching it like church, like, <laughs> I'm going to light some candles, put on some music, we some incense, you know, and then like, oh, drink the tea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, something like that where I plan on being under. I plan on seeing whatever the mushroom wants to show me or whatever other substance. Well, but I can, vouch, right. I, I can vouch for you guys on, on that level. I, I mean, uh, the, the respect for it and the kind of idea of it being its own entity that depending on how you have a relationship with that entity – that being the substance is how you work with it uh the first time this was again less than six months ago that uh he had given me some tea and i felt more awake i felt a little bit more clear chatty this that and the other and he's like do you want more we can go back and, and uh, yeah let's keep going with it why not so i went and had more and i i told him i was like i don't really feel much you know i, I ended up smoking some weed and i ended up going to bed and so the next day i told him i'm like i really didn't feel anything and he goes, uh, you know, that's the thing about mushrooms. Uh, they they kind of give you what you need rather than what you're thinking you want or what you think you're going to get out or of it. Or what you're looking what for. What we wanted yeah. you to have. <laughs> it's I'm, not really I'm, up to I'm, anybody. It's up to them. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to this podcast, literally, thanks to this podcast, my mind has been split open at least to entertaining ideas that I would generally just completely dismiss. Um, that along with that, I ended up, kind of dismissing him being like yeah all right you fucking hippie and then uh i ended up getting back home and i'm talking to my buddy and i told him the same thing i'm like yeah you know i didn't really feel anything verbatim he goes mushrooms have kind of a way of giving you what you need not what you want like, you guys are all fucking assholes right so i started thinking about this a little bit more and the way that they talk about it the way that i hear people who are uh i don't know i don't want to say like fan fanatical at all but people that are they have a respect for it. It's definitely something that they use, like you said, as a tool in their arsenal uh, for, for finding things out about themselves and where they need to be and things that have happened. The more that I talk to people about it, uh, the more I'm like, that, that makes a lot more sense when people put it on those terms. Like, again, this is coming from somebody who has only ever paid attention, was only ever raised to think of it in the Hollywood way of psychedelics and that permanent laceration on your brain and things like that, that now I'm like, okay, that makes a, a lot more sense where it's its own kind of like ecosystem. It can, it interacts with you based on what's firing off in you and yeah. can subsidize what it is that you actually need versus what it is that you're thinking you want. Well, that's what's uh, funny yeah. about when, when we did that is uh, Ben was in a uh, not so great place at the time. And I was kind of actually a little bit uh, hesitant to do that 
And yeah. I was like, you know what? The amount I'm going to give you, it's going to be fine. Like a, maybe an hour or so, you'll feel kind of weird. Uh, but the fact that he ate more after that and felt nothing more, it, I, I think it was the, the mushrooms being merciful on you at the time. It's like, you don't need this quite yet. Like balance your shit out first then come back. That was, mm. well, that was exactly what Bailey ended up saying too, is that when I explained that he goes, no, he goes, think about it in levels, uh, that you would normally hear in like a medical profession, whether you're talking about, uh, serotonin or dopamine or, uh, orphanephrine or whatever he goes. Think about it in levels that right now you are severely minus certain parts. You're short a lot of fries in your Happy Meal when it comes to where your brain needs to be. He was like, so it's basically giving you what you need in the way of what your body and brain needs just so that you can sleep. And I told him, I go, that's exactly what it felt like. I said, I felt like I went from kind of like hypertensive to being able to have some of the best sleep I've ever gotten. He goes, oh, awesome. that's, that's exactly what you need. You, you go, haven't yeah. been sleeping for, you know, six months. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll take more. Like, <laughs> that's why right, it's medicine. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, there's, you know, there, that's happened to me several times uh, with mushrooms and ayahuasca where, you know, I would drink like a full cup and nothing happened. No, well, nothing happened, wow. but, so it was it was just that I didn't experience anything on a visual level, um, but it seemed to be kind of like working in my body, uh, yeah. you know, doing something with with within my body and with my brain and wherever else I needed, you know, help or healing. Sometimes you just need a good fucking night's so, sleep. Sorry. How long? So yeah. you said you took it like 30 times when you were down in the in the retreat? Uh, about 60. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. You are clinically insane now. <laughs> so <sir>. anyway, <laughs> whatever. So how how long did it take for you to have a crazy trip? How many times did you have to do it, or was it like the first time? Uh, I'd say probably this my second night of drinking was pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, was that <laughs> uh, the story yeah. you told us, or was that a different one? No, that that was the seventh time I I drank. Oh wow, oh, you know the numbers. Or no, okay. sorry, this sorry the story I told you. Sorry, sorry. The story I told you was I don't know what number, but that was that was down the down the line. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened the second time? I want to hear your story. It, it was it was I don't really remember the story that well. I just remember being I just remember it coming on, and when it came on, it felt like there was all these bright flashing colored uh, snake type things like weaving in and in and out, weaving around. And they had like uh, the kind of Shipibo art pattern on them. And I, I, I just remember being like fully taken by this thing and just being like, oh, shit, like this is like nothing I've ever experienced before. Um, and so that in terms of like when I had like, like a big trip, like second time drinking, first time I drank it, it was just kind of like, all right, this is a little interesting. I don't really you didn't really feel anything. But that and then pretty much after that, I mean, I've gone to so many different you know places and spaces and you know um are any yeah of i guess maybe connected? maybe that's what's that are any of them connected or is it a different place every time like do you think there's different dimensions because i feel like they're real places maybe i'm just weird in saying that i feel like there are real places that people go to when they yeah. take ayahuasca i think it's legit so yeah. are they connected or are they different spaces every single time uh, I think so, like there's 
I'd say the space is 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 similar. It's like, um, how can I describe it? Uh, okay, so I remember this one time I went to this water park, right? And and you go up the, you climb up to the, you know, you walk up the stairs, and they had like four different tubes that you can like go down. Like right. one goes like one way, a crazy sure. way. The other one goes. Yeah. So I feel like you you get to the same space, but then there's like different like portals that you can go in from from that space. And I've had experiences that, you know, like the one that I told you, that seems to be this kind of like storyline that's playing out through several experiences. That's probably the coolest fucking description that I've ever heard about <laughs> ayahuasca or any sort of out of body experience because you all are in the same place. You sh- go different paths, but then you all splash down in the same pool and you're like, fuck, let's do it again. Different one this time. Woo. <laughs> exactly. That, that's fucking exactly. awesome. All right. Yeah. Love that. It, it really does actually sound like too, like Assassin's Creed too, where every time you plug in, you get to play a different memory and it all kind of forms together in this one solid, uh, maybe not understood at the beginning storyline. Uh, where you're still trying to figure all that stuff out. Uh, you see symbols and stuff like that. Like a lot of how you explained it reminded me of that game. Yeah. For a lot of similar reasons. The the ties to ancestry, uh, the symbols, the time frames, the different bodies. Like that's, see, there, that's there's a reason I, I like playing that game, dude, because it speaks to me on a psychedelic yeah, level. Welcome. <laughs> uh, Mike, before, yeah, welcome. Mike, we've right. been. Uh, We've got about an hour, so uh, before we close out here, what do you? I want the one question I wanted to ask you is: Has all of your experiences changed your perception of death, or your fear of death, or what you think oh, about yeah, the afterlife at all? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, hmm. Go on. I guess I don't look at time as being linear. I don't look okay. at death as being an end. Um, I just. It's, uh, you know, I think that we tend to frame things with such a, you know, black and white perspective, like you're alive, you're here, and then you're dead, you're not here anymore. But that's um, kind of what happens, though. That's why it's so scary. As far as your body goes. So, yeah, supposedly. But <laughs> that's I guess what like in, to us. Yeah, I guess in my experiences, like I've in my, you know, understanding of things, I... I think that I, yeah, I don't really, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't fear it. I'm not really worried about it. I just feel like it's just um, another phase, another transmutation into something else or somewhere else. Another um, trip up the water park. <laughs> yeah, so is, yeah, I, yeah, or as another like, character. All right, let's know? just like, try another I'm, fucking slide this time. Fuck. I'm going to play as an elf next time instead <laughs> of a human, you know, or something like that. But, but yeah, and I, I just, I don't know. It's, I think that it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's really changed. Uh, you know, I think that I've had some experiences like the one that I told you where I felt like I was killed, you know, and, and I, I felt like I've, I've had a, another experience where I've like, where I felt like I died. And so I, I think that like, you know, the, the key to, I guess, settling at like easing our fear of death is to die before you die so you can live. Yeah, I think that was I'm the sorry, old, uh, the old art of the uh, rituals they used to do is to simulate your death so that when yeah. you came out of it, you aren't f- afraid of death anymore. I've never had anything near as crazy as you, but uh, definitely the psychedelics have helped uh, immensely with 
my fear of death. I don't, I'm not afraid of it at all. I'm actually kind of curious uh, in a morbid way, like to see what's, what's past that. Because I, I, it's one of those things where I, you can't describe why, but I just know that that's not the end at all. It, it's almost like a rung on the ladder, like you said, like maybe next time we'll come up as an elf, which that'd be awesome. Maybe a dwarf, yeah. probably more like a dwarf with me. But um, yeah, it's more of a knowing thing where I don't, I don't fear it at all because I just know there's a different level you go to after that. I don't know what it is. I don't even know if I'll remember this life or not, but I don't, I'm not worried about just rotting in the ground into nothingness either. No, we listen to too many uh, podcasts that talk about so many anecdotal stories of people with near-death experiences or crazy experiences where they had dreams or whatever or did ayahuasca and experienced dying and going through the birth canal or whatever. Like, it's all fucking gross. But there's so much where, I don't know, I, I think there's a lot of weird shit going on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, I I wouldn't mind trying to, you know, in a controlled way, uh, (laughs) a very adult way, yeah, very controlled way, maybe a straight jacket and padded room would be good, um, for myself only because when it comes to death, and I, I said this on a previous episode was, uh, I haven't really been afraid of that for a while. And that came from almost dying in real life. And so now I'm kind of like interested to see how I would react to that because instead of that changing my perspective on how I feel about death, I kind of would be walking into it just being like, all right, I think we all need the to worst go that could happen is I trip. die. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? Retreat. What like, was the name of the place that you went to? Uh, the, the ayahuasca center, mm-hmm. the, uh, the temple of the way of light, the temple of the way of light. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Are we a trip, guys? I yeah. think so. We have to. We've been wanting to do it forever. Mike, so. you got to come with us, though, because you can be my <laughs> sitter for me personally. You can hold my hand. Guide. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring I'll bring all you guys down. We'll get a whole we'll get a group yeah. discount. We'll go down there. Hell yeah. So how much is it? Um, uh, Not including no. plane tickets. I think it's like two thousand. That's hellish. Like that. okay. yeah. yeah, that's, that's not bad. No, that's what I've looked up every time I've looked up any sort of retreat. It's around two grand. So that's what's your price for your soul? I think that's I think that's it's two grand for the three week deep immersion program. Oh, wow. I think the the second one is like twelve hundred or something. Oh, I'm going to do the deep. If I'm going to go all the way down there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's got to be like a month for sure. Yeah, I want to leave my body for three weeks straight and see how it goes. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to get down there and skimp, dude. If I'm gonna yeah. shit my pants, I'm gonna do it. We won't shit our pants, according to Mike. Right. It doesn't yeah. happen every time. Yeah, well, Mike, no, not, I know. I heard that. It's not a guarantee. It's not an automatic. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm joking. All right, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I want to have you back again because I feel like by the yeah, next time we get you. together, we might have more stories, and you definitely will. I know. I feel yeah. like we didn't even yeah. get to hear all your stories. Are you? Where are you located? You're in New York. I'm in Denver. Oh, so it's only yeah. nine o'clock where you are? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Right on. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, man. I used to live in New York. I moved to I moved to Denver. Oh, but, oh yeah. I used I to live actually... in Massachusetts and moved to California. I was like, fuck the East Coast. Exactly. I was gonna That's ask you that. Right. Did, did, was your relocating as a result of a lot of this journey? Uh yeah, yeah. So after my girlfriend and I both worked at this ayahuasca center and then we came back to the States and I had moved out of New York City, she had moved out of Boston we met actually in Peru 
And so we were like, where are we going to live? And I was like, let's move to Denver. And coincidentally, they were getting mushrooms on the ballot to be decriminalized here, like right as I was moving here. So I got involved with the campaign and like help put the put, move that that's forward. awesome and, yeah. Hell yeah that's cool man all right well thank you for coming on mike so we cool. really yeah. appreciate it yeah thanks for having me guys yeah take care all right man have a good night <laughs>